Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. I ask you to keep an open mind and not try to get where I'm going. Y'all know how y'all can do. Oh, he gonna say that. <laughs> Just hold on, we gonna get there. John the 8th chapter, the first verse, it says this. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. Now the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? See how, they, see how they, they're asking Jesus. They, brought, they, they caught this woman. They brought her to Jesus. Said, now, the Moses said we're supposed to stone this woman. We're supposed to kill her. But what do you say? Look at 6. It explains it all. They were using this question as a trap. Somebody say trap. In order to have a basis of accusing him. But look at Jesus' response. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, they said, they, they were pastoring. They said, come on, Jesus, why don't you answer the question? Why don't you answer the question? Aren't we supposed to kill the woman? But then when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw your stone at her. And y'all know, y'all understand, he, he questioned them again and they ended up throwing their stones and dropping their stones and they walked away. But I want to draw your attention to verse 6. Can we read that together? One, two, ready, read. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. I want to talk to, to, to Dave just for a couple of minutes about it's a trap. <laughs> Touch your neighbor to me, it's a trap. It, 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 looks, it looks normal. It looks, it, it looks like it's all in line with it, but, but if you look closer, it's a trap. And so we, we, we're going to study Jesus today. Y'all see how Jesus turned the trap around on them? And so you have to understand that the devil is a stealer, a killer, and a destroyer. And that he cannot stop you from getting to your destiny, but he knows that you can. And so he doesn't jump out with a, with a, with a pitchfork and, 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 you know, like the Halloween costume, I'm the devil. What he does, he wraps things in a trap. 
Tell somebody I'm saying, don't fall for the trap. You may be seated, you may be seated, you may be seated, you may be seated. We're talking about the traps that life will set, the enemy will set, even the traps that we set for our own selves. How many know we can get ourselves in a pickle or two? And it's this. For the, for the purpose of, 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 our de- of, of our discussion today, let's talk about what the definition of a trap is. Somebody say, tell me what a trap is. <laughs> a trap is a device that is designed to catch and retain animals, people, or objects. Look what it does. It allows entry, but does not allow exit. Mm. Anybody, when you look over your shoulder, you, 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 in the hindsight with 2020, you can see that there were some traps that you got lured in. Y'all, y'all remember, I, I, can't, I don't know if it's Decon or, 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 or Black Flag or one of them too. He said, he said, roaches come in. They check in, but they don't check out. And that's what the devil is playing. He said, I know there is so much future ahead of you. I know that there is so much destiny that God has placed on your life. I know that that God has spoken word over word. And you're going to be a giant killer. And you're going to be a person that's going to make impact on on this world. And you're going to tear the devil's kingdom down. Say, I've got to trap them so that I can stop them. And if I can get you trapped in your mind, in your body, in your soul, in your emotions, you will never reach the full potential. I'm not saying this to make, you, to, to make you scared and make you looking for a devil on the bush, but I am trying to let you know that there was a real devil out there. The Word of God calls him our adversary. And, and, and see, so many times as preachers, we have, we have, led, we have, led, uh, have, have, have led people to believe that, that joining the Christian faith is like a nice little country club and, 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 and everything is going to be, you're going to have my little pony, you're going to have uh, uh, butterflies flying. No, this is a war that you signed up for. The old saint said, said I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And what are soldiers? The soldiers may have other disciplines, but every soldier goes through basic training because one day, even if you are working in an office, even if you are working in a commissary, there may come a time that you may have to fight. And so we have to understand that the devil is not some make-believe character. He is real and he is the enemy of your soul. This is why he hates you so much because you sit in a seat that he can no longer occupy anymore. He had it made. He was one of God's archangels. Nobody bowed and worshiped until he, until he played the harps and the instruments inside of him. And, beca- and, be- and when he got full of himself thinking he was better than God, God, the word of God said that he's, he fell from heaven like a bolt of lightning. God will not, t- he will not tolerate anybody taking his glory. You can glory in him, but he, he will never share his glory. And so he hates you. I'm, so- I'm sorry to, to, to let you know but the devil hates you. Tell your neighbor, the devil hates you. And his objective is to destroy you. And there's nothing worse than being the walking dead. That you're living, you got a good pulse, your temperature is 98.6, you are, you are a picture of health, but you are dead men's bones on the inside. And the way that the devil does it is through setting a trap. Here are the characteristics of a trap, all my note takers. A trap comes in, the, in disguise and deception. Anybody ever been in the woods or anything like that? They cover the trap up with leaves. They blend it into the environment. They want you to act normal 
so that unbeknownst to you, you'll trip a wire, you'll step on something, and all of a sudden you're caught. Anybody ever felt like you've been caught before? The purpose of the trap is not to kill you. The purpose of the trap is to stop your progression so that the one who is after you can kill you. That's the purpose of the trap. It may hurt you, but its, its objective is to impede your progress from moving forward. And how many of us, we started out with swiftness in our feet. We started out with passion in our hearts. Say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to speak to everybody that you tell me to. I'm going to start this ministry, and I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to love my husband better. I'm going to love my wife better. I'm going to pay more attention to my children. And all of a sudden, something happens. And you get stuck and you can't move. The devil wants to stop your progression. Maybe not physically, but you could be moving around and still be in prison. I would submit to you that there are some people, even in this room, that are more prisoners free than people downtown in the county jail right now. There is nothing like being in the prison of your own mind. paralysis of your emotions in your heart that way you want to step out on faith you know that the word but you never think that the word applies to you you step out and say oh that's for my sister that's my brother but I'm too unworthy God said today you can be free from the trap somebody say I'm going to be free from the trap the devil can't stop you the purpose of the trap is for you to stop yourself you can only stop if you stop yourself and so I'm going to talk about five different traps the first one is the trap of offense somebody say offense many of us we walk through life we walk through life and people brush up against us and we trust people and people we're close to wound us people we put trust in they drop us and as a result you get calloused in your heart and you think that if I never love again like that I won't get hurt again you think that if I never trust again like that I don't trust anybody that you're protecting yourself but what you are really doing are building up walls and you've bought into the trap let me tell you what traps of offense do traps of offense they rob your heart of the ability to receive when you are offended you're on guard you're on guard you're like this you're like this why what's your angle why are you coming at me? Why are you doing that? Nobody likes me like that. That's got to be something you want from me. Because nobody truly loves me like that. Nobody really says, hey, what's your anger? What do you want from me? And as a result, we're like this. We're like this. But you notice, with my hands like this, I can't receive anything. All I can do is be in a posture where I'm fighting. All I can do is I'm in a posture where I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm, I'm, and as a result, people, people sense that spirit of offense, that spirit of defensiveness. And as a result, you, the, the very things you've been praying for, guess what? God is not going to drop it out the sky because he knows you got that spirit of offense. He said, I got it for you, but you're going to have to open your heart and you're going to have to trust and take a risk to receive it from somebody else. 
But when you have a spirit of offense, because how many of you know that this world doesn't move on money? People say money makes the world go around. No, it don't. Relationships do. If you got the right relationship, money is no good. And God is saying, God said, I put the dream in you. But like the word of, the word of God says, one man planteth, the other man water. But it's God that gives the increase. What, what did God say? God said, I, so, so that you won't get pious, so that you won't get arrogant, I'm going to put the seed in you. But you're going to need somebody else to water you. Because if you had it all self-contained in yourself, you would think that you're God. You would think that you, you would think that you don't need anybody. And God said, even I needed disciples in order for my church to carry on. And you think, I'm okay by myself. I'll just be an island unto myself. When God said, you are part of the body. The free, this finger can do nothing unless it's attached to the body. And I'm speaking to my Lone Star people out here. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to my people who are the Lone Rangers and say, you know what? Rather than get hurt, I won't go to church. I'm just going to go in and I'm going to leave out. I'm going to leave out before they dismiss so, so nobody has to, has to touch me because I've been hurt before. And, and, and especially church hurt. It ain't nothing like church hurt. And, I, and, and, and look, and I understand, but I want you to understand that the church is like a hospital. Do you go into the hospital and say, what are these sick people doing around here? This is a place where the wounded come to get whole. This is a place where those that are hurting come to get healed. We are practicing our faith. We haven't attained it yet. Paul said it, Paul said it like this. He said, I count myself not to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind me, and I press towards, meaning that there is always going to be better. You can, you can pick the most saintly person in here, and everybody is jacked up. So let's just destroy that myth right now. Whatever you encounter, oh, Lord, you ain't even have to count another person. You can hurt yourself. But if you're going to encounter somebody else, people of God, we have to know that offenses will come. The Word of God says that offenses will come. Tell somebody they will come. Offenses will come. But I want you to know this. Offenses, write this down, offenses are inevitable. We're going to be offended. Somebody's going to cut us off in the parking lot. You're going to tell something in confidence to somebody, and they're going to tell somebody else. There is something going to be happening. Some, you're going to loan somebody some money, and then they're going to stop calling you, or, or no, they're going to tell your business. Tell somebody something's going to happen. It's inevitable. Offenses will come, but being offended is a choice. Something can happen to you, but I can choose to hold on to that thing to stew on that thing, to let, it, to let it keep me up at night, to get me mad and get me angry. Tell somebody being offended is a choice. You say, but Pastor Tony, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how much they hurt me. You know, I understand that, but you have to understand that it's a trap. When people offend you, it's a trap. The devil is hoping that you buy into it, that I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to trust again. I'm never going to speak to other people. I'm never going to do what God has called me to do. And if you do that, if you give into it, you have just stepped into the trap. Let me tell you what offense does. Offense gives birth to bitterness. And bitterness gives birth to pride. 
some of you are in a place of bitterness. That every time you hear that name, you, every time you see that number come on the screen, you, and the devil is using that to paralyze you from moving forward towards your destiny. And some of you, you, you may have got past the bitterness stage because some time has passed, but your pride won't let you make it right. Your pride won't let you make it right. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I started back speaking to them. They ought to, they ought to get it. <laughs> that if I wasn't mad anymore, I wouldn't be speaking to them. No, God said, make it right. Yeah. See, you may have cut, you may have cut that, 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 that bush of bitterness down, but that root is still there. Somebody say, forgive. You know what? You know, you know what forgive is? God modeled it to us. He throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be brought up against you. When you forgive, you don't have a right to hold on to it. When you forgive, you don't have a right to bring up. See, I knew you was going to do it again. God said he gives us, he forgives us 70 times. When somebody offends you, you should give them 70 times 7. I didn't say that they, I didn't say that they were wrong. I don't absolve them, but you let God do the recompense. It's your job because if you don't forgive, you keep yourself in the trap. Tell somebody, I'm getting out of the trap today. The second trap is the trap of disappointment. How many of you ever been disappointed before? Well, you had your hopes in something like, this is going to be the door. This is going to be the opportunity. Yeah, God, I prayed for it. And this person said that they, they were going to help me to get to this next level. And they were going to help me to get to this, this next place. But it didn't come through. And see, even the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. What is your heart? I'm not talking about your blood pun. I'm talking about your mind, your will, and emotions. That act like I don't care because it's, it's, it's anesthesia from my pain. If I don't care about it, it can't hurt me. Oh, God. There's somebody in this room and you've been disappointed. And you, know what, and you know what disappointment does? It robs you of hope. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of hope. And let me tell you, you say, I've got faith. But faith can't do its work unless you got a little hope with it. You got faith enough to believe that one day you confess a sinner's prayer and all of a sudden that God's red blood washed your black soul and made you white as snow. You have faith to believe that. that you have faith enough to believe that when you crank up a car that it's not going to explode when you turn the ignition and you're driving on tires that could blow up at any time and you're on the road with people that may be drunk, that may be high, that may be sleeping, that may be texting. You put faith in all those things. But yet still, when it comes to your own destiny, you're sitting in chairs right now. You, you, you are exhibiting faith right now that those chairs are going to hold your weight up. But yet and still, when it comes to our futures and our destiny, we lose hope. Well, God said faith is the substance of hope. How are you going to have faith and not have hope? It's like calcium and vitamin D. Put them together, they work better together. 
we've let disappointment steal us from having hope. That if I don't get my hopes up, they can't fall to the ground. But we'll still say, according to Romans 28, all things work together. And we'll get excited about that because we figure that's us on the upswing. But do you not know that the disappointments is in the all things? Do you not know that the closed door and people breaking promises is in the all things? Maybe God wanted you to get, uh, get you to a place where you were dependent on him. That God, if you never do it, I'm going to serve you anyway. That it's a privilege to be carrying your name. It's a privilege to be walking around. It's a privilege to say that you are still good. Not, because, not, not that you're good because of, you're, you're good in spite of. I, I, I want to get some people out of the trap of disappointment and despair so that you can hope again. You remember how you used to be when you was a child and mama said, we're going, we're going to the fair on Friday. You be anticipating it. Ooh, ooh, I can't wait. Is it Friday yet, mama? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I want you to, I want you to blow the dust off every promise that God has ever made with you and say, Father, are we there yet? What else? Do I need to clean my room? Who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to let go? What do I need to straighten out in my life so that I can have hope again? I'm not sitting in the chair waiting on God to do something. The word of God said to occupy until I come. That means do business until I come. That means love your neighbor. That means forgive. That means grow the kingdom. That means to witness. That means to carry the kingdom forward until I manifest what I promised you. So many of us are sitting there waiting for, waiting for our package to get delivered. God said, I know where you are at all times. You don't have to sit still and wait for me. Matter of fact, you could be like the lepers. They were healed while they were on the way. How many on the way saints I got in this room? God said, I'm going to heal you on the way. God said, I'm going to deliver your children while you are ministering to somebody else's children. I'm going to heal. I'm going to set free. I'm going to deliver while you're on the way. But you can't let a couple closed doors put out the fire of your hope. Because faith is, a, is the substance of hope. Anybody getting blessed by this? Number three, somebody say number three. Is the trap of the past. Somebody say the past. Everybody has one. Whether it's good or bad. But God said, if you, if you are... If you are in love or in regret of your past, you cannot embrace, you cannot embrace what's next. I've already quoted it, but, 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 but Paul said it like this. He said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but there is one thing that I practice on a consistent basis. I forget those things which are behind me. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Tony, you might, you, you're contradicting yourself because, you, you know, I've heard you say before that we should always tell testimonies of what God has done. Yes. But we don't, we don't, we don't fall in love with the past so much to, to, 
because when we're so in love here, God said, I'm trying to move you. Look, I said, you think that was something? I've got something higher. I've got something better. I've got something wider. I've got something deeper just for you. But you are in love with what I did. And you're not anticipating what I want to do. For us to stay in love with our past says that God, you can't do any better than this. This is the cap. When my Bible says, now unto him who can do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think. Look at it now. According to the power that works in me. Could it be possible that the reason God is not active, the reason that God is not, is not healing and delivering and moving with you the way that he promised, the failure is not in God. The failure is in our expectation. That we think that our best days are behind us. That we've got life in cruise control. And God says, if I was done with you, you would not be here. Do you hear me? If your race was finished, I'd call you home. So the fact that you woke up this morning, I don't care if you got an ache in your body. The fact that you woke up this morning, the, the fact that you was able to wipe the crust out of your eyes and brush your funky, uh, your funky breath. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 testament that you're still alive that you're able to crank up a car that you're able to comb your hair God said I'm not throwing at you yet I don't care what state you are in God said I'm not through at you if I was through at you I'd take you there are still people that needs to hear what God has done for you there are people in the market. The word, word of God says that the earth is groaning. You know why it's groaning? Because it's waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. They're here, but they're not manifesting yet. Somebody in the market, in the, in the grocery store needs you. Y'all can see all this despair and stress on people's you will be surprised that people say, you know what, something's going on. Can, can I pray with you? You'll be surprised that people say, yes, please, I need it. But God is saying that if you block yourself, if you block yourself, if you get caught up in the past, if you get caught up in the past, and, oh, and we, can, we can tell a good story about it. Man, you should have seen me back then. Man, I had all my hair and my teeth. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was going here and all this. You know, God used me mightily. You should have seen me back in my day. You, God said, your ladder, if y'all believe the, y'all got to believe the world or you don't. That your ladder shall be greater than your former. Are we dismissing what God has done? No, we are not. Because like Pastor McDowell said, testimonies create faith for the future. I'm telling it to remind my soul to stay thirsty. You know, that, that's, that, that's a colloquialism that people don't like to be called nowadays, but, the, but it's okay with God. Tell somebody to stay, stay thirsty. 
You need to stay thirsty. God, what are you doing next? If, I, if, 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 if I'm focused on the future, my past can hold me back. See, some of us, some of us in this room, we, we can't let go of the regrets of the past. I should have. I should have done better by my kids. I should have done better by my ex-wife. I should have did. I, I should have asked my boss. I should have stepped up. I let people step over me. So what? God said, I've given you a new mercy for a new day, for a new opportunity to me to still show that I am God and you are my child. Tell somebody, get out of the trap. Get out of the trap. Number four. Somebody say number four. The fourth trap is our expectation for divine intervention. And I know you were saying, Pastor, what are you talking about? You said that we're anticipating God to move and we are. But number four is divine overreach is a trap. This is what I mean. We got faith in God. God, you're going to do it. Yes, I grabbed hold to that word. And God, you're going to do it. Yes, I'm anticipating. But we, have, but we are so anticipatory of what God's going to do that we look over what we're supposed to do. And so we fall into the trap. I'm not sinning. I'm reading the word every day. I'm feeding my faith. But faith without what, y'all? Works is doorknob dead. What is it that you need to do? I always say, when you do all that you can do, God will do all that he can do. God's not going to step over into the natural and do the natural. God is supernatural, which means he does things when we come to the end of our natural. He puts his super on top of it. And so God is saying that if you do all that you know to do, you've done your end of the bargain, and now you can wait on me. Some of us are just so spiritual. Say, God, I, I thank you, Lord, that you just, right now, you're just going to float me over to, to work this morning. If you don't get in that car and crank it up, put a seatbelt on, and drive. That sounds comical, but some of us do the thing. God, I, Lord, I'm just, I'm just sitting in anticipation, God, that you're going to do it. Mm, we rocking back and forth, and we got all our stuff. We got everything all up on the mirror, and we quoting the prayers of bears, and we doing everything, and we doing everything. But God said, there is still something that I require of you. I could do it all, but I gave you dominion. God says, don't fall in the trap that I'm going to overreach, that I'm going to reach over what you could do and fix it for you. Y'all know what it is when you have children. I, I feed you when you're about two and, two and three because I, I don't feel like cleaning up that mess, but there comes a point when you grow up that you can do for yourself. And some of us have left the baby stage. Because y'all remember when you first got saved, you just thought about something and God did it. He was doing that because you were a child and he was trying to feed your faith. But it wasn't. Y'all ever seen a child that's big and grown? Some of y'all saw my Instagram. I was going through the airport. I saw the biggest child in one of those harness things. They were just looking at me. And we're talking to everybody. I said, come on, man. <laughs> but that's, how, that's sometimes how ridiculous we can, we can look. We're still acting like, 
Yes, he's our Abba Father. Yes, he's my God. That's my father right there. But I'm not going to test it, uh, Daddy, will you put, pick my clothes out and win? No, he said, boy, you good and grown. What are you asking me to do that for? And that's what God is saying to us. I'm not going to overreach. And guess what? The more you grow up, the more the line moves down. God said, you can do more. You can do more. You can do more. I trust you. There's more in you. I trained you. And we have been throwing a tantrum. God, where are y'all? He said, I'm right here, but I'm not going to cross over the line. I'm not going to overreach when that is in your power and your authority and your ability to do for yourself. Now, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly but above all we can think according to the power. Power means ability that works in you. How many of in this in this room have unused, untapped, unexploited power? And I would submit to you today that as soon as you start exercising your power, tell somebody, exercise your power. Don't do what you've seen somebody else do. Don't do what, do what you think. God, 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 I, mean, say, I want you to show, pray to God on this week. God, show me what's in my power to do. I know you spoke it. I know you meant it. I know that every word that you speak is true. But what's in my power to do to make your promise come to pass? Because it's already done in the spirit. But what is it that we need to do in order to bring it from the heavenlies into the earth? Is this good to anybody today? Tell somebody, don't get it. Tell somebody, get out the trap. Number five. is the trap of oppositions of enemies. Somebody say opposition of enemies. How many of you got opposition in this place? Come on. Whether it's age, whether it's people, whether it's even in my own mind. I'm going to give y'all a chance again. How many people got opposition? Let me tell you something. Every Canaan land is guarded by giants. I'm going to say that again. Every Canaan land, every place of promise comes with a matching set of giants. You really think that you're just going to walk in without any opposition? I told y'all at the beginning that the devil is our adversary. Our adversary is what? Their job is to oppose. Their job is to push back. Their job is to resist. And God is saying, every place of promise that I called you, there, is a, there are commensurate giants in the land guarding Canaan. The question is, are you going to be like Joshua and Caleb? In, 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 uh, in, uh, in, in the Old Testament, they sent some spies out. Sent 12 of them. 12 of them went out there and they said, look, we, we, they brought back these big old grapes. They brought back the fruit of the land. And they said, but Moses, there are some big giants in the land. And they brought back what the Bible calls an evil report. But there were two, Joshua and Caleb, says, yes, we acknowledge that there are giants. Tell somebody, there are giants. 
They, but then they said, but we are well able. See, you want promise without giants. Well, God says there are giants there, but you are well able to deal with the giant. He told Joshua in the, in the first, first chapter of Joshua, he told, he told him, he, he, he told him this. He, he told him that, you know, that if you keep my statutes, if you keep, if you keep my, my word, that I will give you good success. But he says, I've already given you the land, but you've got to possess it. Listen to this, y'all. I want y'all to understand this. That I've already given you, it's already a done deal. In the spirit, I've already gone to get it, but in the physical, you're going to have to fight the people who are occupying it. That means that you're going to have to go to war. That means you're going to have to pray it in. That means you're going to have some fortitude. That means you have to seek God for strategy, knowing that the fight is already fixed. But even when the fight is already fixed, you still gotta you still gotta train. You still gotta train. You still gotta throw, throw the medicine ball. You still gotta spar just just so you can walk it out. Tell somebody you got to walk it out. You got to walk this thing out. God said in the end, it's, you're already gonna win, but you got to walk this thing out. You, God said, there are giants there, and they are bigger than you. They are stronger than you. They're more knowledgeable than you. They're more crafty than you. But they don't have the advantage you have because I'm with you. And if God is with you, if God before you. Who can stand against you? And so we're so focused on the enemies. We're so, we're so focused on what opposes us, we fall into the trap that we're focusing on the wrong thing. We're focused on how vast the people are against us. And they got power and they know people and they can make calls. So let me tell you something. You ought to know from the story of Job that nothing can touch you unless God gives permission for it. Brother West, come here. Help me out. I'm going to bless you before we leave. Come on. Somebody bring me a chair up here. I'm going to tell you why you need opposition. I got some. That's good. Right here. Y'all can bring another one up. Give me one right here, one right here, one right here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Give me one more. Put one right here. Put one on, one on the other side. Somebody say enemies. Let me tell you something. Enemies are crucial to your destiny. We want everybody to like us. We want everybody to be a butler and a baker like they did for Joseph to get us to the palace. But opposition is necessary. Somebody say opposition is necessary. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm about to close. Opposition is necessary. somebody come up here who do I want I'm, I'm going to ask brother Shropshire where he come come on I want to use him y'all put your hands together brother Tim Shropshire he's going 
He's an anointed comedian. I want y'all to stay for him. Come on up, bro. This brother is a trailblazer. I've talked with him. Have a seat right here. This brother is a trailblazer. He's trusted God and he's stepped out using a gift that he has and in comedy and making people laugh. And I'm sure it scared him because he has a family. Has a baby came yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six weeks old. Y'all put your hand together for the new baby. And I'm sure there are people in the space of comedy, entertainment, that everybody's not on your side. Because everybody's trying to get the same, get, get, get the same uh, 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 um, gig or get, get the same thing. And so I, I can imagine that it's crafty and, and, and people are trying to undo you and trying to make your name look bad and trying to all, do all that stuff. And, and, but I want you to know that enemies are necessary. Lady Tiffany, come up here. Somebody say lies. And my wife is nowhere near lying. But there may be lies that are standing around you. Brother Donnell, come up, up for me, please. Somebody say fear. Fear, fear may, be, may, may, may be sitting, may be sitting having dinner with you. Y'all looking like teacher, please don't call on me. <laughs> uh, I want to give uh so it's Tanisha, come on up here. She's she like, Lord, I knew he's gonna call me. Somebody say disappointment. Flanking his shoulder. Sister Shonda, come up here. Somebody say broken promises. I want you to stand right there. Sister Janet, come up here. Somebody say low self-esteem. Stand right there for me. brother right here. I know you from somewhere. We met at the barbershop or somewhere. God bless you. I appreciate you, man. I ain't gonna bash you. Y'all put your hands together for a brother. God bless you, man. Stay right here. Somebody say physical enemies. See, enemies don't always have two legs and a heartbeat. Sometimes the enemy is enemy. But I want you to understand, oh God, I don't need you to be like David. David one time said, in one of his songs, said, God, would you just kill him? Kill him, utterly destroy him. I mean, you know, you know, David was a man of war. So that, you know, that, that, was, that, was, the, that was the prism that he thought, thought through. He said, God, I can't kill him. Well, God, would you kill him? I'm your anointed. And, and we say, uh, touch not my anointed. Do my proper no harm. You, you know, it'd be better for you to cast a millstone around your neck than to feel one of my loved ones. And we want people doorknobs there, but tell somebody it's a trap. Were you trying to pray vengeance on people? When, you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're trying to say, when you're trying to say, uh, 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 God, deal them and, and, and kill them and let them see God and let them see that I'm your anointed. Come on, y'all. I ain't the only one that has said it. There's some people that have done me wrong. I say, I, I'm sitting around waiting, just licking my chops, just waiting for them to get sick, just waiting for the thing to happen. I, can, 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 can anybody go tell the truth in this place? 
But tell somebody, it's a trap. Here's why I tell you that according to the 23rd Psalm, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've been trying to get rid of it. God said, I'm trying to bless you and I need some enemies to be around so that I can spread the table and show them that I'm your God. To show them that I favor you above all. So I want you to pray for your enemies and do good to those that despitefully use you. I want somebody to make a call and say, look, you know what? I forgive you yet. You know better yet? I imply you don't have to be scared no more. I'm praying for you. Because guess what? I need an enemy to be a witness. God, God can't serve up to men, serve up the meal until your enemies are around the table. I want you to know that God can't serve, God can't deliver unless you got some naysayers around. And so I want you from this day forward to not fall into the trap of avoiding enemies. Of God, God, God said, I thank you. Paul said it was a good thing that I was afflicted. It was a good thing that I was lied on. It was a good thing that people turned their back on me. Because if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have enemies around the table. Can I tell you? I want you to say, look, I love you. I love you. Here's a gift certificate. Here, you, know, you, you ain't got to go out to eat with them. God, this, this, this bless them real good. Tell somebody, say, bless them real good. This bless them real good. Tell them, I love you. I love you. And it's going to confuse them. It's going to confuse them because they know what they did to you. They know what they did to you. But God said to love those and do good to those that despitefully use you. It's gonna, it's gonna mess up. It's gonna mess their day up so bad. It's gonna don't give them, don't give them no food because they gonna think you might have did something, put something in it. But if you do good to them, I want you this week to find some enemies, find some people that offended you. You can text them, you can send them a direct message, or you can find if you see them on the job. Say, you know what? I love you, in spite of what I know. I still love you, and God does too. And watch God start breaking down some enemies. Watch God start breaking down some walls. See, the part of the thing, see, God, the devil has allowed that trap of enemies to make us focus on the enemy more than what God is doing. But God said, I'm about to do something, but I need enemies and naysayers. And God said, I like an audience. I like a good audience. You know, God, God is a good showman. If you don't believe it, go, 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 go to the beach and watch how the sun sparkles off the ocean. God is extravagant. God does things good and well. He likes to put on a good show. And I tell you, if you forgive people, if you let people go, if you stop getting hung up in the past, God said, I'm going to make, I'm going to prepare. And I'm going to make a table and I'm going to let you eat good in the presence of what should have stopped you. Somebody lift your hands right now. God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we are managers of our lives. And God, even though we're going to manage the traps, God, we're going to be wise like Jesus. We're going to be wise like Jesus, whether he didn't fall for the trap. He turned the trap around on the enemy, God. So, Lord, we thank you right now for giving us wisdom. We thank you, Lord, right now that anybody that has disappointment and hurt in their hearts, that they get out of the trap today. That they get out of the trap, even in this moment, God. That, that, 
that the devil will no longer ensnare them in fear no longer ensnare them with disappointment no longer ensnare them with the spirit of offense God because God it's a trap sent by the enemy to stole us along our way to our destiny so we thank you even now God that you are allowing us to get out of the trap God you know Lord just like you did for Paul and Silas God they praise you at midnight and at midnight God you shook the foundation and everything that was holding them fast God they were free but they still had to walk out of that prison God we thank you Lord that we are free we are free whereby Christ has made us free but we have to walk in the freedom we thank you Lord that your blood has made all, not only provision for salvation but for freedom from the trap God so Lord we thank you right now that, that emotional scars and everything that has trapped us what people have said to us even, even the way that we look at our own selves our own unworthiness God Lord that even now God you are giving us freedom from what traps us we thank you Lord that where your spirit is there is liberty so we thank you even now Lord that people are being released somebody begin to worship him now that people are released from the trap of their past come on somebody release and say God I walk out of the trap I walk out of the trap of fear and low self esteem and low self worth hurt and scars that people did things to me God I walk out of the trap I walk out of the trap you've already made provision but I've got to take a step to walk out of what you freed me from that's a word for somebody in this room that Christ has already made you free he's already given you a roadmap he's already given you coordinates and he's beckoning you to get out of the boat but you got to take a step and you've got to walk out of that trap God not gonna come pluck you out of it you got to walk out of the trap walk out of the trap walk out of the trap my child walk out of the trap God said I've called you I've called you there's more in you than where you're at right now I called you out of the trap I called you out of the trap but you have to walk out you have to see that it's a trap some of you are questioning God is this a trap I hear the Lord saying yes it is God said this word came today to remind you that it has come to ensnare your heart your mind your emotions and God said but you can be free from the trap today in Jesus name amen and amen real quickly if this word impacted you real in, in any way, I want you to come down to this altar and we're going to pray a prayer, special prayer. If you feel like you've been in a trap, whether it's the trap of your emotions, whether it's the trap of somebody hurt you, whether it's offenses, I want you to come real quickly, real quickly, real quickly. Come on, come worshiping, come worshiping, come worshiping. Come on, come on, come on. Thank y'all so much. Come on, come on. Don't expect the hand laid on you. Just come up and just lay it down. Lay it down. This word, this word has reminded you that the enemy was setting traps for you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, even now, even now, even now. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.